Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. And welcome to the Weekly Typographic. A podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Micah. How's it How going? How the heck are you? I'm good. You know, it's early December. It's the holiday season. We had our first snow in New York City. It was really magical. No one was expecting it. There was Ooh. rain on the forecast, but not snow. And then it snowed for like four hours and everyone was just like, oh my God, it's snowing. It was really a nice surprise that I needed. When I first moved to New York, I was in a horrible place in Brooklyn. It was like the apartment was falling down. It felt like there wasn't even heat in the building. I was with my girlfriend at the time and like a week into moving to New York, there was a giant blizzard where like they shut down all the roads. Oh my God, what year? What year was this? I think I remember that blizzard. It must have been 2016, maybe? Yep. The, there was just so much snow, and it was soft and fluffy snow. Oh, my God. And we, like, went to a park nearby and, like, walked to the Brooklyn Bridge. We, like, couldn't see across, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Wow. I have photos. Mm. There hasn't been a blizzard like that in a while over here, but, you know, maybe this year. Well, shoot, maybe we should talk about type. I just have so much fun when we start talking that it's so easy to go on tangents. I know. There was a crazy Twitter thread that I actually heard about on a different podcast, design podcast I was listening to by Meg Lewis. And she does the podcast, I think it's called Over Time by Dribble. And they were talking about this crazy Twitter thread on design Twitter. Like Michael Beirut at Pentagram worked on this hyper-legible typeface I think it was for people that were visually impaired. Did you see this? No. I've heard about it for a while, but he posted about it recently. And then there was this like big feud because, of course, Eric Speakerman is like, this oh. is not cool. This is not you. I've been doing this for years. And yeah, I did see part of this Twitter thread. Go on. Just like, uh, like I feel like if it's like Eric Speakerman, I don't, I don't even know his typefaces that well. I just know him inserting himself on design twitter is like how i know him these days oh that's interesting because like he was one of the world's best most famous type designers when i was in college and so all my nerdy type friends were like looking up to his recently released stuff at the time and being like he he's so good and i don't know what he's been doing recently to be honest like i don't follow him that closely other than i think he posts basically every day a picture of getting an affogato which is obviously delicious but has nothing to do with anything interesting how you're of him (laughs) right and so yeah i basically only hear his name come up when it's historical or when he's like being a dick i just like it gets me every time i'm like eric speaker man again my goodness and i wonder if it's because like he's from i think of course he is like very important in type design history. I'm like not going to downplay that. He, of course, was like on my list of type designers I knew before I knew any other type designers. Mm. But I also think he's from this world of type design that like was the world where there was like maybe a handful of 50 really, really talented type designers in the world. And yeah. like there was no accessibility to understanding type design except if you had an apprenticeship or stuff like that. Mm. I think the type design world is just getting so massively big and people have so much more access to like education and type design and like being more inclusive that I don't know. I don't know if some of his anger just like comes from the fact that like he was like really, really special for a long time. And now I think there's new people in the pit and he's just like, whoa. 
I can relate to that. That's an understandable sentiment. However, you don't have to like go around, you know, shitting on people's parades, right? I was surprised it was Michael Beirut because Michael Beirut's very, in my mind, well-respected in the graphic design world. I highly respect him. If I was offered a job at Pentagram, I'd want to work on his team. So I don't know. It was kind of interesting seeing him go after Michael Beirut. I mean, they're both famous people, right? So maybe it was like no big deal. Just like... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, whatever. It was more funny than anything else, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I just and had to share. Probably half a dozen people sent that to me. Oh, we said we were going to talk about type, then we got into design Twitter. <laughs> we are talking about type today, guys. We, we have a cool running theme for December, which is looking back at a lot of the great stuff that we have shared over the years, sometimes with everybody, sometimes with just members, and just highlighting some of the coolest stuff from this year, which I don't know about you, but has made me kind of nostalgic. Yeah, I like really had a great time kind of going back into old weekly typographics and being like, oh my God, we shared so much good stuff. I want to share this. I want to share this. Mm. And then eventually having to pare it down to our best and brightest bunch we got here that I think will appeal to a large uh, range of people and members of our audience. So hopefully there's something you like. And if not, like you can send it to a friend and I'm sure there's something they like. And you'd suggested the theme this week of free design resources that we have shared. Heck yeah. These are things that like I've had bookmarked on my computer that I should be sharing around more often than I do, to be quite honest. Um, We got a great group of seven links here. So let's start from the top. And that is with Letterform Archives Online Archive. This is my fave. That's why I put it up first. Uh, For many reasons. I love Letterform Archive. They are an actual archive over on the West Coast. um, And they offer different workshops and educational programming for people that want to learn more about type. Unfortunately, I've never gone to visit their archive. But fortunately, they have published this online archive. And it was just premiered, I think, earlier this year. And it's really something special. They, I think, have over a thousand objects in the archive right now. They're trying to grow it as time goes on, the more funding that they get. And they took very high res images of all sorts of things in the physical archive and have it in a browsable collection, which is great. So you can browse by decades of what this piece of printed lettering ephemera or printed graphic ephemera is. You can browse by countries or formats. Different designers are in there. It's really fascinating. The images they have of these pieces are so precise and high res. You can even see the edges of torn paper that might be in the publication that you're looking at or even manuscript. I mean, they have stuff that are decades and decades and centuries. Sorry, I meant to say centuries. Centuries old. It's incredible. Both decades and centuries old. Yes. I have to ask you, Olivia, they offer a lot of content for free and they also have these memberships. Are you a member? I'm not a member yet, although I should become a member and then expense it on my freelance expenses because it's the end of the year and I should do stuff like that. And I love the letter from archive. You could totally do that. That is a good reminder. I'm definitely going to do that by the end of the month. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's cool. You know, it's just like we have grown so much ourselves from our supporters and people being members with us that it makes me want to like anytime anything else like that pops up I suddenly have this new perspective on wanting to support cool things like that 
Absolutely. And like, I also know they've explicitly said like the more funding that we get. And so by being a member, you help fund them, the more they're able to continue this initiative, which I think is so important. I mean, there's calligraphy, there's lettering, there is typography, which is also the reason I love it so much. It doesn't, you know, stay in one genre. It's really like across a lot of genres and practices. I, I could really just stay here for hours. Once I go to this landing page, it's always like, am I going to be here for a little bit now? Because there's so much I want to see. <laughs> So I'm super excited about this and really glad this premiered this year. I also, last thing, I didn't realize that they were a nonprofit and I love that. Mm. I have mm. often considered, should the league be a nonprofit? And uh, frankly, it seems really complicated for me personally to figure out. So I've never gone down that route, but I've always thought maybe, you know, like once we're uh, in a better position and like everything is going really well, that might be a thing to consider because I feel yeah. like, you know, the, the spirit is the same. Yeah, for sure. And they also collaborate with wonderful people. I think um, Lynn Noon flies over there occasionally to teach some classes. So oh, that's cool. It's, it's very cool. I think we have similar mindsets. Our next link that we got might be one of my favorites as well. Um, in a totally different sphere of things that I have bookmarked in my world is a site called Hero Patterns. And it's a collection of SVG background patterns for you to use. It says on your web projects. I've used it on my print projects because as you may know, I do a lot of print design. These are incredibly helpful. They're kind of just snippets of one part of a pattern that you can download the SVG. So download the vector file is what that means. And then I go in an illustrator and just like repeat it, repeat, repeat till it makes as big of a pattern as I'd like. I find it incredibly helpful. On the site, you can adjust things like foreground color and background color if you wanna you know, test some different patterns and seeing what little samples of the patterns look like. And there's all sorts of patterns. There's like really simple ones, stripes, but there's other ones with four-pointed stars or graph paper, or even I think houndstooth is in there, or jigsaw puzzles. I think Death I've used star. these Death Star too for all those projects that, that may require that. Or Darth Vader's personal branding. Um, ooh, yeah. I think actually this is managed by Steve Shoger, who is a designer and illustrator from Ontario. And it says that he will always be updating the site and the patterns will always be free. So I think it has a great sentiment behind it. Steve too is a favorite human of mine because he was one of the collaborators on one of my favorite books that came out, I think this year, Refactoring UI, which I've talked oh. about a hundred billion times. You do love refactoring UI. That's awesome. I got to say, I struggle to get past like the fourth one here, topography, because it's so beautiful. And I just want to make everything maps. And then I'm just like, shoot, now I want to use that. And then I like, don't even look at the rest of the list. Like they're all um, so good and I don't even browse them all. That was a good one. I feel like my eye always floats to the zigzags. There's a nice, there's a Charlie Brown version of the zigzags. And then there's also a very Twin Peaks version of the zigzags. They don't say that, but um, it's much more stark. And they have waves. I think they name them as banknote. They might have a few different kinds of waves. I have such a hard time making like wavy lines on Illustrator. I always get an SVG from online and just bring it in because I hate making like handmade wavy lines, even though that's yeah. just so easy. Yeah. So you know what else is great about this is uh, at the very bottom, it lists that all of the patterns are Creative Commons, which we've mentioned before. I think we talked about a little bit last week, but uh, it means you're allowed to 
share, copy, redistribute, all of these things uh, in any medium or format. You can change them, remix, transform, build upon them, even commercially. All you have to do is give credit. I love it so much. So that's one of the many free resources that have downloadable links in them that we're sharing today. Our next one is a super fun one. It's a hand-drawn illustration library called Open Peeps. <laughs> kind of like open this. source, but open peeps. And it's a big library of different people and different um, little attributes that everyone has that you can mix and match. And I love the illustration style of these people. It feels like a little bit more handmade than I think like the very flat vector style we see in a lot of tech these days. And so there's all there's all sorts of people and it's just really enjoyable to look at. Different hairstyles, different classes, different mustaches. Some people have three eyes. We want to go that route. Eye patches, t-shirts, and you can mix and match them. I don't know. Maybe I create my own little persona from all of these nice illustrations in here right now. I know. This is one of those things that I always forget exists. And one or two times I've been like, I need a cartoon of myself for something goofy or whatever. And I recently did this where I needed a cartoon of myself. I'm not great at drawing personally. Like I probably could have fumbled something, but I needed some kind of thing. And I forgot that this existed. And so I'm glad you're even bringing this up again. Honestly, I could use this for little greeting cards I want to give my friends. Mm. Choose a couple people in here that look like us and like have something sweet next to it. I would totally do that. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. I didn't really think of that. But like, as soon as you're saying that, I'm realizing. So the league actually started as like a side project of my old design company, a good company. My partner in that was Caroline, had a Loxano, who made Junction and like helped on a bunch of the fonts in the league. And she is a fantastic professional illustrator. And so our branding for a good company for a while was cartoons of our little faces. And like, Very I cute. just recently rediscovered our old company Tumblr blog where we mm. had like, she would draw custom illustrations for all our blog posts with like us being cute in them. And it, looked a lot like these and that makes me nostalgic too i love that i also have an illustrator friend that owes me a favor because i designed her logo Ooh. so maybe you know maybe we get some nice illustrations of us for the league page i i frequently remember and then forget again that there's no information about us on the league website I, that's just been on my to-do list for like years and I just keep forgetting. There's always more important things to do and I forget. We'll get there eventually. Our names are on the album artwork for the podcast. So that's our start. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> At least there's that. <laughs> we have anything. Um, um, but yeah, this is incredible. And I, I need to remind myself to tap this resource more often because I always need like some little illustrations for design projects all the time. So. Yeah, this and last really note, cool. this is, uh, you can find it in both the footer and the header. This is actually free for commercial and personal use because it's a CC0 license, which is creative licenses, uh, special license for saying they gave up the copyright. So Pablo yeah. Stanley, who drew these illustrations, basically said, this is public domain, all yours. How cool so is cool. that? So cool. And Pablo Stanley has an Instagram that he links to on the site. Um, and I think he does a little bit of tutorials with Figma on it. Mm. So very cool. Really like that this guy's giving back to the community. Totes.
Now is actually kind of a cool time to take a break and say, hey, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Adobe for helping to sponsor this week's episode. Their creative suite is one of the standards of design software and comes with a subscription to like a giant library of fonts that you can install, embed, use pretty much however you like. We've even got a few of our fonts in their library as well, if you're looking for those. And uh, we are grateful for them supporting the community with us. Totally. And thanks, too, to our members. Um, if you don't know, we've got a small and wonderful membership where for a tiny amount every month, you get awesome extra resources in our weekly typographic emails every week. Those are cool fonts that we found that you might want to add to your arsenal. Current jobs or gigs you might be interested in. Um, at the moment, it's only $5 a month, and we're upgrading a bunch soon. So hop in now if you want to get those goodies next week. Awesome. Our next one I'm also really excited about. You can tell because I'm talking fast and maybe louder, but um, <laughs> it is Freelancer Resources and a uh, very cool resource. It is a curated list of tools and resources to help early freelancers. It's also useful for experienced freelancers who are looking for new tools. The freelancers I know that are successful are always trying to upgrade their processes, become better, think in more efficient ways. So this is a list of books, podcasts, communities, marketplaces, time tracking tools, just tools and resources for people to tap if they're in freelancing. And I just love this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is great. I forgot about this resource too, but I remember when you shared this, we talked about it on a previous podcast and it was so fun because there's so many, like it's one of those things where I, I click open like a hundred tabs being like, that looks interesting. I need to check that out. I really got to check out these to-do list apps. I've been all over the place these days, but I do actually use the time tracking tool on here for some clients. It's called Toggle. There's no E at the mm, end. I'm a classic. big fan of toggle it makes my life easier sometimes this is not an ad even though i know it sounds like it and so they have some also like nice meeting tools i know people use calendly i haven't gotten that far into oh i use um, that it's great do you okay yeah. yeah so these are like tools uh, suggested by freelancers for freelancers i love it plus they have a few book recommendations at the top and i have read and love almost all of them so wow yeah i see a tim ferris book recommendation <laughs> who also actually has a really great podcast that i listen to oh his podcast is top notch they're really well produced i like i don't know how tim ferris finds time for everything in his life but you know he has the four-hour work week so i'm sure he explains <laughs> yeah i mean it. that's like he's he's rich and has all of his time to do whatever he wants he's friends with debbie millman who's like a big part of the design community but also friends with hugh jackman <laughs> <laughs> yeah Wow. Just, it's just friends with Hugh Jackman. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Who Hugh Jackman loves doing jigsaw puzzles. And as a creative person that also loves jigsaw puzzles, we have a very similar this is just a hot take that no one asked for, but I'm giving it. Um, we both <laughs> think that like jigsaw puzzles are a really great way to like clear your mind and to do an activity that keeps your like mind a little bit nimble and focused. It is very peaceful and relaxing. I could do jigsaw puzzles for a whole weekend if someone offered it to me. Wow. But uh, I, if anyone's trying to like find a meditative way to switch things up and haven't tried jigsaw puzzles, me and Hugh Jackman recommend. I'm suddenly sold. Like I've done one or two in my life and I can imagine exactly what you're talking about, how relaxing that would be, but still like 
gives the background of your brain the ability to keep thinking about problems, right? Yeah, I do thousand piece puzzles, but if like you're new to it, I suggest with 500 because I don't want you to be deterred by the frustration of so many pieces. Wow, interesting. How many do you do? Like, how often do you do puzzles? Well, I just had one at my boyfriend's place and it was a thousand pieces and took us like a little bit over a month. And I'd go over there on the weekends and we do some for like a few hours every weekend. That's so wholesome. It was very nice. You guys are adorable. (laughs) It was very relaxing. But in general, like when I go home, see my parents, they're really into jigsaw puzzles. And like all of Christmas Eve and day, I feel like we just do jigsaw puzzles. It's really Really? What? That's even more wholesome. Oh my gosh, Micah. You gotta gotta bring some jigsaws into your life. (laughs) Oh, all right. That's cool. It's a favorite favorite activity. Um, so I think that should be put on the freelance resources list too of ways to not be productive but also stay sane because that's important just as much as all these things are. Maybe we need to offer a line of typography-inspired jigsaw puzzles um, specifically I... for you. <laughs> I would not be opposed. And if anyone else uh, has any ideas for those, just let us know. <laughs> Uh, our next resource that we have, back to the weekly typographics, sorry guys, um, is also a very cool resource that is bookmarked for me, and that is Unblast, which is a collection of design resources made by designers for designers of all sorts of things. There are templates, there are um, a lot of free fonts in here, free icons, free illustrations, a lot of free mock-ups, which I think is nice to have. I've feel like I'm constantly mocking stuff up for different pitches and stuff like that that I do in my design um, work. So very excited to share this. And there's a gazillion things on here. I don't even see myself ever coming to the end of the list of free things, (laughs) but it's great. This is yet another one that you shared, I don't know, a couple months ago, right? And Mm -hmm. I didn't bookmark it. And I was like, what is that thing? And I couldn't figure out what it was, lost it forever. And then like there were multiple times recently where I needed like a mock-up of an iPad, a mock-up of another thing. It's not all mock-ups. Like there's icons, there's even some fonts mixed in in here, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, there's uh there's one that I'm seeing right now that's a Photoshop effect to kind of give it your image this kind of glitchy look to it Mm. so it'll just save you time and if you're ever interested in experimenting with like what would this logo look like on a credit card here you go they even have updated iphone 12 mock-ups that's the new iphone right yeah i've lost count (laughs) it's hard (laughs) so i certainly should be using this resource more often than i honestly have recently but um, I'm excited to re-remind myself that it exists. Yeah, totes. Great, great find. So cool. I am curious if they're related to Unsplash. Do you know Unsplash? I certainly know Unsplash. I've been following them for a long time, and I think it's fascinating, and I don't think it's related. Interesting. Unsplash, if anyone wants to know, is the free stock image site that has actually like pretty quality images on there. I'm always impressed whenever I take a look. Yeah, it's interesting because... Anybody can upload their own stock images and they're all creative commons. So anybody can use any of the images that are uploaded. And so a lot of photographers kind of jumped on board in the beginning of Unsplash. And you can see stats on how much your photos are used. So, you know, they uploaded great extra stuff and got used millions of times a month. And suddenly, like, it helped make a name for themselves 
by mm-hmm. their own uploading of images. Huh. I didn't realize it was that more complex than I even knew. Oh, there's very a whole, cool. I mean, very recently too, they had a whole side tangent of a new business model that they introduced because they weren't making money. Like all the mm. photography is free. It doesn't cost anything to upload. It doesn't cost anything to use any of the photography. Mm-hmm. And it was costing, you can imagine, like millions and millions and millions of images per month costing, I don't know how many millions of dollars a month to run this thing. Mm-hmm. And they introduced this kind of difficult to understand new business model i appreciate the honesty (laughs) (laughs) where it was like a brand could have a brand page and they Mm -hmm. partnered with a handful of brands in the beginning so it's not even accessible to everybody yet but the brand pays you to take pictures of their brand and then the brand can upload your pictures and the pictures are free. So if you ever need pictures, like Square is an advertising partner. If you're like writing an article on CNN about Square launching some new thing, you can go to Unsplash, get an image that you're legally allowed to use everywhere for free. And it references the photographer who made it. And so you got paid to make it by the brand but also you're getting this like name cred. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I always love hearing about these unconventional ways People are figuring out how to do brand partnerships and, you know, make money while still also like finding ways to offer something to the public where part of it's free. So, huh, got to look into that. Pretty awesome. Very cool. And you can add that to your like mentalist, anyone that's listening. There's Unblast, Unsplash, if you need their (laughs) photography counterpart to Unblast. Right. Our next link is called System UICons. Which I think is cute. Um, I appreciate how carefully you said that. Thank you. I really thought about it before I vocalized it. There are 220 system icons available on this site. It's a growing collection of simple and consistent icons specifically designed for systems and products you can use however you want without attribution. This is yet another one that we shared once upon a time and I was like, what was that thing? And I could never remember. All of this is good reasoning to be like, shoot, we really need to like build out the membership and highlight some of the cool things that we've shared. Yeah, it's great to see everything in one place. Like I could definitely use like a little playlist of all the great resources that you can use to download different free things because i know we send out like weekly digests but i think everyone could use a little hand in organizing all that um i certainly can but this is a very cool a very neatly designed very nice gridded site that has examples of all these different icons whether that's you know a mail icon or a send icon or a happy face icon i mean there are over 200 here you can download them to use them for any of your digital design print design too if you'd like they're all very consistent and well crafted it's just a nice icon set yeah very simple very not in the way yeah so and one of the things that out. i really appreciate about this system too is like there's three options of you can copy the svg code which is useful for websites a lot of times because it's like just HTML that you can paste in and it's not an asset that has to be downloaded. You can also, they give you a link that's hosted and that's often convenient or you can just download the thing. I definitely am number three on those three options. Well, that makes sense. But when (laughs) when I'm like coding up the website, a lot of times I'm like, 
I don't, it's almost a hassle to like download a file and include it in the project when it's often easier to just like have a link that I can paste in that's already hosted. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Also, like I've been asked to design some visual design of sites before in the past. I have not done this often, but I have. And, you know, I'm always kind of just like, uh, kind of fake it till I make it. Uh, <laughs> where like I understand most of the design principles, but there's certain nuances, like little chevrons that will indicate, oh, you can scroll down if you're on mobile mm. like it's really helpful to see this stuff here to be like oh yeah these are the visual cues that we're all pretty much familiar with that like you can add into your the the interface of your design that can like help uh guide guide users this is all your talk micah this is not what? that was like. so good that what are you talking about that was great you all you had to do was not pause so definitely you want to bookmark this i definitely enjoyed it this year our final link is very type typographic oriented, which I wanted to include um, because we are the League of Movable Types. And you know, I mean, I feel like we have two tracks of, of people that we try to help. One is people who use typography. And so designers that like also need to use other things related to typography and like get better at being a designer. And the other side is people who want to get better or get started at being a type designer and actually making the fonts and the typography. And so this last link, I was excited that you included here because uh, it is so type designer specific, but it's such a useful tool. Yes. Um, this tool is called Universal Specimen. It's a project by Rosetta Type Foundry, which makes them great type and it allows you to test out whatever font that you have locally or maybe a font that they have available in their little list and see what it looks like set in a standard text setting so there's a column of type you can see it in a header setting and a subheader setting and a paragraph setting um so varying sizes and you can adjust the column width or the line height but what it's really meant for is to compare to see if your type is compatible with different languages which is, makes it a little bit more special than other like type testing sites and so um you can select a language maybe you have a client that you know needs the languages to be in Swahili and English. You can select Swahili and see what shows up on one of the columns to make sure that it is compatible with that language. Maybe you have six languages, so you can put in all the languages you want to try, and it will appear in a column of text, and you'll see how it works and how compatible it is. I actually really have been meaning to use this since we first found this on the League fonts, because I think it's tough to understand until you've tried to make a font and work with the data inside a font it's tough to realize how difficult it is to describe the different languages that a font is capable of covering. Mm, mm -hmm. I was working on this when we redid the league site a couple months ago, and there's just no one agreed upon database of languages that exists for one thing. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no agreed upon database of characters that match those languages. Like you need XYZ characters in order to completely cover Swahili. Yeah. Or some languages are easier than others. Like Latin character sets covers a lot of different languages. And so if you use a particular version of the Latin character set, you'll know that it covers this handful. Or, you know, something like standard Arabic. Like there, there are a handful of languages that you know, we need these characters for this amount of coverage. But there's a lot of other characters that like mix 
some Latin characters with their own custom characters and not all of those are really documented. And so something like this is wildly useful if you are working on a font and want to be able to test what kind of coverage you've got. Exactly. You know, I think there's really great nuances in here as well. As you can see, I think the default is that it sets some text in English and sets some text in standard Arabic. And you can see that the same text in English is a significantly longer amount of space that takes up with Latin letter forms than it does with Arabic letter forms. So, you know, mm. if you're setting, let's say, a manual to use a certain project and one manual is in English, one's in Arabic, maybe the one in Arabic is going to be one page shorter because Arabic characters, you know, don't take as much space up as uh, English characters. And I'm sure that comes down to a lot more nuance in language. But I think as we are a very global world um, where people are kind of concerned about other typography besides Latin typography this is super helpful to see yeah and last very interesting note to me who is a data lover at the bottom of each of these samples there's statistics on native speakers average word length I, and i assume native speakers here is like how many people in the world is estimated to actually speak this uppercase versus lowercase what percentage are accented characters what the recommended line height is for this particular language Love um, that. Super neat. Super fascinating stuff. I think it's very appropriate that Rosetta created this tool because, mm -hmm. as anyone knows, Rosetta Stone was an amazing thing because you were able to translate all these historical languages that no one knew because Rosetta Stone was written, I think, in three different languages. And that's how we translated this. And to go back to jigsaw puzzles, I just saw someone do a Rosetta Stone jigsaw puzzle and Ooh. it was so hard so hard do not suggest that for beginners i don't think i would even ever do that i think it was like also shaped to look like a rosetta stone so it like had the mound oh, wow. shape but the way the rosetta stone is it's like the carvings on the rosetta stone are are very low contrast compared to the stone and like oh my god i if i did that puzzle i better like walk away knowing some some like hieroglyphs or something like that i better have some like <laughs> knowledge of a higher uh higher being because that looked so hard dude that's but, just yeah. crazy it was a wild i like i have not even spoken about it since i saw it and like was just like what is this <laughs> So yeah, those are our favorite resources and links from the year. What a year. Shoot, I just realized I'm as you're talking, I'm kind of browsing Rosetta's site, which is a beautiful site, by the way. Hmm. And they're kind of sprinkled all around Europe, like who works there. There's only 15 people that work there. One of them, Octavio, is a guy that actually took a type design workshop. Crafting type, oh, if anybody cool. is old enough to remember those guys that existed. It was... Dave from Google Fonts. He's now the head of Google Fonts. And Octavio and Eben Sorkin. Very cool. I always love seeing the faces behind the type. It's right? Yeah. That's why we should also probably put our faces on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We did a lot of nice like loops back to previous content. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme. All right. Well, great heckin' picks, my friend. Good work. Thank you. I hope everybody loves all of these things and at least bookmarks them this time. <laughs> and uh, next week, we're going to have even more fun roundup. And 
I think that's going to be our last week. Like we're taking the yes. last week of December off to be sane humans outside yes. of typography. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's partially true. We're also meeting in the last week of December to plan out 2021. Hopefully we're going to see you next week with even more cool schnaz to share. <laughs> <laughs>